0: Hello, my name is Scott Bradley and this is scott Scott Podcast and today I'm joined by Chris Donner. Chris, how are we?
1: Yeah, I'm quite good coming on here for once.
0: Yeah, absolutely, mate. I can imagine because we've got two Celtic victories to speak about. Wild scenes, mate, isn't it?
1: <laughs> Yeah, um, after the Singapore results, um, we've got a first consecutive victory since the start of October. Um, after that, well, after the painful 2-0 defeat to Ross County and the Fred Cup ending our domestic dominance um, and then dropping even more points in the 1-1 game with St Johnson which prompted more angry scenes at Parkhead um, where supporters were seen chasing the bus which pretty embarrassing. And basically.
0: also, mate, also as well, sorry to interrupt, they were throwing bricks at the bus which is utterly embarrassing.
1: Yeah, um, players are only at their work um, that's frankly what anyone shouldn't Nobody should even put up with that at work. Um, later on in the week, calls outside the stadium to shoot the board—no um, place for that. Um, Neil Lennon was very public about how such calls don't rouse the team in any positive manner. Um, but um, by the Sunday after um, we beat we won the Thursday night, the supporters
0: were seeming to back the team again with calls to back the team inside the board. Yeah, that's bizarre to me, right? So right after the St. Johnson game, the Celtic fans were out protesting and they were chasing after the bus, throwing bricks at the bus. Then seven days later, before the game against Kilmarnock, when the players arrive at Celtic Park, uh, the, the fans are applauding them. Like <laughs> what a what a weird thing to do.
1: Yeah, something must have shifted their attitude. I don't know if it was by virtue of the fact we won on the Thursday night before, but um, I'd like to figure out some of these Celtic fans.
0: Yeah, so let's uh, touch on the St Johnston game before we talk about Celtic's two victories. So, yes, that was a very poor result for Celtic against St Johnston and. The performance from Celtic, Chris, was really poor. Yeah,
1: it was. um, Took El Unice bailing us out after we fell 1-0 behind late on.
0: Yeah, and credit to St. Johnson, right? St. Johnson have always been a very well-organised and disciplined side. And St. Johnson set up really, really well against Celtic and Celtic were struggling to break them down and yes, Celtic did have more shots, right, but only five on target and yes, also as well, they were in control of the game, but St Johnston set up with 10 men behind the ball and they got that chance with Chris Kane, who scored and it was like, it was a decent finish as well and see at that moment, Chris, the Scots score chat blew up and at that moment, I also thought, right, St Johnston can actually beat Celtic here, but as you said, El save saved the day for Celtic?
1: Yeah, um, El say he was very hot and cold at the start of the season. Um, I feel like he showed up during uh, an inconsistent spell. Um, but I think he's beginning to prove he's always someone they can rely on and be called upon to, well, in that situation, bail was out. Um, so, definitely someone you can rely on.
0: Yeah, 100%. And remember, I was praising him earlier on this season, saying that he's that he's obviously like a top player. And he was your uh, most informed player earlier on this season as well. Yeah, I thought so, um, especially during that. Um, what
1: was it? It worked out two, two wins in 11 games during that spell.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And he scored a screamer against Liamshire. And this was uh, when you drew two each of them away from home.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I've uh, got notes from last Thursday
0: caught, caught me off gallery about that one there, but uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh a figure who has been spoken about a lot on the podcast is Scott Brown, right? And I think it's safe to say, mate, he's out the team for the foreseeable future. Because David Tumble is on form. Yeah, um Thursday night, um been
1: calling out from this for weeks on the pod um, give David Turnbull his chance um, and drop Scott Brown um, and uh, looking at these two games the results of making that move are really beginning to show Turnbull um, obviously he got his goal in that game um, against Leo his I mean his deliveries are amazing I think three goals out of uh, across the two games. Um, he's got good awareness he goes for goal he has to keep often, and there's none of this passes back to the side that you see what like, Scott Brown does I think a friend says like he got uh, Ryan Christie vibes off him like the game Ryan Christie stepped up for Celtic a three years ago in the Cup semi-final against Hearts
0: yeah you can see the difference uh, in the Celtic midfield since Tumbles came in mate because he adds so much energy to the midfield too. He's a really smart footballer, it has to be said. And like we've said it plenty of times, when Scott Brown's in that midfield, he just slows everything down and the passes don't go into productive areas. So here's a question for you, mate. This Sunday, cup final against Hearts. Scott Brown, does he start or not? I wouldn't, but I'm hearing that um, winning, I think this is a really stubborn move. Um,
1: you know, winning is... Looking to play Scott Brown again. Um, I feel it's a situation if it isn't broke, don't fix it. Um, Chris Sutton has been very public, he was speaking out on a selfie podcast about such a move and he has warned Neil Lennon against so called sentiment and the loyalty will get him nowhere.
0: No, I think Sutton is absolutely spot on, you know. And Charlie Nicholas, a guy who's been beefing with Neil Lennon in the media as of late Um, was quite uh, savage, shall we say, Uh, he was quite, he didn't hold back when he was speaking about Lennon in the press, he was saying that Lennon needs to take the blinkers off uh, when it comes to Scott Brown, you know, and I think that's the the, the opinion of most of the Celtic fans right now, because they're starting to see through, Brown, yes, he's been a good servant to Celtic and he's won a lot of trophies, but he's well past his best, mate. And, like, Neil Lennon uh, needs to realise that David Tumbo is a top player who needs to be in the team week in, week out. And sorrow. looks good too. He does. He looks like he's a real talent. So, Brown, I think, does have a, a, an influence, like, behind the scenes. Like, I think he'll be a good asset uh, as a coach. And I think he probably, in my opinion, should have retired a couple of years ago. Um, but I'm glad he hasn't. Um, <laughs> so... Me, personally, for, uh, as a Rangers fan, I want to see Scott Brown in that team every week. But, as from a Celtic's point of view, um, Scott Brown should only be a fringe player going forward from now on, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, keep it around because, uh, as a
1: leader, um, club captain, I think we've spoken before about how you can sell a club captain but they don't need to play week in, week out. Um, so... Definitely someone that can be on the bench and also game and if he has to come on at any point in the game, um, bring him on if like the game's comfortable and you're keen to give Turnbull a rest or um, prevent any injuries or if indeed someone does to go down um, so definitely still got a place in the team but um not a first team week in, week out player.
0: No, not at all, man. So eh, Connor Hazard has came into Celtic team mate. Um, <laughs> eh, do you know what it's like, mate? As I was going to say this, it seems like from day one since Neil Lennon came into Celtic, he's had it out for Scott Bain. Like you just know he's not a fan of him. Like <laughs> when he came in at um, in the summer, <laughs> right away went and got Fraser Foster, <laughs> and like he had no like obviously when Foster went, he brought in Barca's, and then obviously Barca's has been a poor signing so he had, he's, he had no other option but to give Scott Bain a run of games and obviously that's not worked out so he's resorted to Conor Hazard and Scott Bain's back to being third choice goalkeeper yeah um, I don't think um, he did concede two goals in the
1: blue game but I don't think there's anything that Conor Hazard said wrong to Warren being dropped Um I think rightly at the moment maybe i keep it going forward unless we're going to make a move in January, They're doing us signing Fraser Foster on the again for the end of the season. But um yeah, um did make a couple of key moments in the games. Um, there was a chance towards the end of the game when we were beating Lou three two that we had a chance and that was off the leg of Hazard and then um Kabamba in the Kelly game um, got his foot on the end it, but went straight at hazard so he did alright um, not had to make any exceptional saves or any of those called upon situation kind of saves but he's doing his job at the moment I guess so keep him in
0: Yeah and as you were saying uh, there's some rumblings about Fraser Foster um, he's not getting a game at Southampton um, I think that was the main reason why well, I think the main reason why he rejected Celtic was because he was going to try and fight uh, for his place as the number one keeper. But obviously that's not worked out. So there is a good chance, you know, um, that he could get him. But obviously Foster is a good goalkeeper. And I imagine uh, other Premier League clubs will be looking to get his services. So if a Premier League club comes in for him until the end of the season um, on a like a loan deal, I think he'll, he'll go there instead of Celtic.
1: Yeah, um, there's rumbling, well, chatter amongst Celtic fans that he's a Celtic man, he plays for the badge. But um, deep down, I think um, he isn't really. Um, do did, did enjoy his time up here and the success that it brought, it brought him what trophies and that. It's really only been the place that he's managed to win any trophies. But um, I think he's all about trying to get in that England squad again. But even if he did on in our Premier League team. Um, there's
0: too many goalkeepers ahead of him at the moment, so I wouldn't see him getting back in. And, uh, like, Euros in, uh, the Euros is in uh, six months, so I think he'll be like, right, you know what, I'm just going to, if a, a Premier League club comes in for me, I'll go there and I'm just going to try and give it my all for, for about six months and see if I can try and get into that England squad. So, I, like, obviously he's getting older, I think he's maybe... Um, like 30-31 I might be wrong saying that yeah, I'm not exactly. too sure so he's beginning to get past the peak of goalkeepers um, and a
1: lot of the England keepers at the moment are a lot younger still to come into the prime so they hard for him to
0: get into that squad yeah so uh, like and obviously he's, <laughs> he's not got many major tournaments to potentially play in so I think he's just going to be like right I need to try and make the most of it down south while well, I can you know because if he goes back to Celtic, he's no getting in that England squad. I know he got in England squad years ago, right? When he was at Celtic. But at that moment in time, England were crying out for goalkeepers because their goalkeeping situation at that point was horrific. Because I think that was the start of Joe Hart's downfall, you know? So they were looking for someone different, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, now you've got Pickford, Henderson, Paul Keaton, They're all they're all ahead of Fraser Foster, I would say.
0: Yeah, and... I just want to touch on this, right? Uh, Neil Lennon, um, what were you like a couple of days after the St Johnson game and the, uh, the Celtic board came out uh, with a statement saying that Neil Lennon is the right man and he's just going nowhere? It's <laughs> I think, that, honestly, at that moment in time, I was thinking, right, the Celtic board are just doing this to wind the Celtic support up here. <laughs> it's like something out of their only like, excuse. <laughs>
1: My reaction was um, they say it's his job safe for now and the situation will be reviewed in the new year. My, my view of that was at the time, I um, uh, saw so it'll be job safe until after the Rangers game and after we get beat off Rangers, and that's when we'll start.
0: Yeah, so I do think like the majority of the Celtic support work and gone. The only Celtic fan that I know, well, not about don't know personally, but I know off that wanting something to stay is none other than Tommy Sheridan, the most Celtic dart out there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Honestly, man, like, see, when you watch some of his videos, mate, you're thinking, like, I'm thinking, right, mate, this is, this has got to be a wind-up, man. He genuinely cannot believe half the stuff he's saying. I haven't watched any of them myself, but um, I have
1: heard all about them, and I think, Tommy
0: Sher- all of all, so Tommy Sheridan's a bit of a fool. I put a tweet out <laughs> the other day and I'm like um <laughs> I'm like, oh thank God Tommy Sheridan's a Celtic fan and he's no one else. <laughs> I've been mortified having someone like him uh in our support, you know. But mm-hmm. yeah, if Neil Lennon a state of execution until January, um and I'm very confident, mate, um, that we will beat you in January. I'm just saying that now. I th- I think you must share like my feelings about the game as well. Where like it's just going to be a a very comfortable win for Rangers, you know. And everyone always said, yes, I know form goes out the window in old farm games, but I've said this before. Um, this Rangers team is amazing right now, and I don't see anyone that's near us. Like there's no complacency in this Rangers squad at all, you know. And obviously, as Ibrox fans won't be there. But we've not lost a, well obviously we've not lost a game this season, right? And and Ibrox for us is just it's it's a complete fortress. Like we've not we've not dropped any points in the league at Ibrox this season. And we've like I I don't how many goals have we conceded at Ibrox in the league this season? None. none. Conceding none in the league at Ibrox, you know. So our defence is very, very comfortable playing at Ibrox right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um
1: obviously even with the changes that were made recently we with the changes um obviously sorrow turnbull and um, still relatively early in their celtic careers so no firm experience so the occasion might spook them a wee bit so um obviously i hope they can step up in the day and it can be a closer game than the one itself department that, um, if, as long as we get a shot and target we'll be happy like <laughs> we didn't um, October um so still predicting a Rangers win, but if it's not as one sided, um still maybe be something to take
0: from it. Yeah. Um we'll do obviously like a preview um in the, the coming uh, weeks or so before the whole the firm game. I think it's in a couple weeks anyway, so but I want to touch on this as well, Chris, right? Um see the Celtic transfers that were made in the summer. Um they have been a big disappointment, haven't they? Yeah, right. Absolutely. Right. And do you know how much Celtic spent in the summer on the transfers? It
1: was over ten million anyway. Aye, that's
0: it, yeah. Um eleven point four million pounds, right? And I just want to kinda like briefly analyse how they've done so far and I just want to get your thoughts on it. So um we'll just start with like an obvious one. Um Shane Duffy um yeah. so how do you think he's done overall Actually, <laughs> i know what the answer anyway but still just for the yeah, benefit good, of
1: the doubt good couple of first games um he got some goals in that Um, got exposed from the old firm onwards um been plenty of mistakes he did get dropped for a few games and then i think it was apparent he it just wasn't him that was the problem so he's started to get his games again um he did get a goal at the weekend. Um, good cross from Turnbull, who I've praised his delivery. Yeah, that a delivery was
0: sensational, man. Like, see, when you were texting me about his delivery, and uh, then I was watching it against Leo and Kilmarnock. I'm like, but sublime it really is, and like that. That's the thing, no mate. Like, so you like must be kicking yourselves right now. The fact that this guy's. Been on the bench for the majority of the season, right, he's not really been given much a chance, right, and, but in December, Rangers are smashing it, and finally now, Lennon realises, oh, I've got a player in my hands here, we will give him a wee game, but I think yeah, it might no. be too little too late, Yeah. I, I, in terms of the league, obviously. Yeah, um, apparently, Neil Lennon wasn't happy with the
1: condition he was in, and that was why he wasn't getting
0: the game. But, doesn't doesn't Neil Lennon need to kind of take some accountability for that himself, you know, like, that's a point I was going to make, Um, see the reason, right, the reason I think Celtic are doing so badly right now is obviously Neil Lennon, right, but obviously it's due to his tactics, coaching, but he's not got these players fit enough, because, you know what we've, we've heard all season from him? Oh, players aren't fit, players aren't fit, players aren't fit, right? We're in December, right? And he's still saying players aren't fit. That's, that's when he needs to take a good look at himself and realise, right, maybe it's not the players, maybe it's actually me, you know? I'm not putting in the right fitness plans, I'm not doing the right coaching here. Like, that's where he needs to realise that it's probably his own fault. But... Yeah. like see Tumble I, I, like, he does come across like a very professional guy and he's a, a young boy as well so I don't think he'll be slacking at cl- a at, at big club like Celtic but Lee Griffiths on the other hand this has been an ongoing thing for ages Right, I just think he's lazy you know and he was in the press last week saying none of the Rangers players would get into the Celtic team like Griffiths mate you can't even get into the Celtic team and see when you see stuff like that Chris that's where you just must be embarrassed like like Celtic obviously trailing in the league, uh, not in a good run of form, then you've got Lee Griffiths going to the press, saying, Oh, we we can still go win this, blah blah blah, blah. Um like no Rangers player would get into the Rangers team uh, no Rangers player would get into the Celtic team. It's just really petty stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I was just about to say, um about the
1: players that Wyon was saying wasn't fit, and what you were saying, I was going to chip in with Lee Griffiths is the exception to that rule. Um I think He's just his own worst enemy in that regard. Um, lazy, I'd say. Yeah, he is. Um, and as for his, like, bold comments, it's like, they will go out and prove it then.
0: Yeah, so Chris, um, what kind of players do you think will be out the door in January, right? I've got a list here I'm going to, like, pose to you. And I just want your thoughts. So, and Cham, do you think he'll be away? Because it, it seems like he's... Um, been working his ticket to get out of Celtic for a long time now yeah and I don't, can't remember
1: the last time I've seen his name on
0: the team sheet. so yeah and do you remember the game against I think not I think it was against EC Milan it might have been where they beat his 4-2 and for one of EC Milan's goals right and Cham was like just walking back like was he wasn't even like sprinting back to help out the Celtic defence he was just walking back it's just like he doesn't care and it seems like he will be away but I actually think the boy is talented but it just seems like he can't be arsed at Celtic at all so he will be away in my opinion um, Shane Duffy I know you are You were saying that he scored at the weekend right and that might give him a confidence boost but I'm, I'm like, let's be honest right no disrespect here but it was against Kilmarnock, right? And Kilmarnock are a decent side, right? But Celtic, on paper, that Celtic team is better than Kilmarnock, right? And Kilmarnock obviously set up for the point, you know? So there's no, like, he didn't really get tested, you know? Just wait until Shane Duffy comes up against, um, I don't know, like an Aberdeen or like even a Rangers, you know? And he's, he'll just get exposed again because he's already had honkers this season, you know? And do you think he could be aware? Or do you think Celtic will stick by him?
1: Might get another chance. He did give quite an emotional candid interview. I did see I that
0: fair play him for, for opening up about that fair play to him.
1: Yeah, um, definitely deserves a lot of respect. Um, didn't know until Joe mentioned in the chat that he lost his dad with this year, so kind of surely he maybe don't really know what's going on. I don't know what impact that could have had on his play. Um, so, still be an interesting one to watch though.
0: But I don't think he fits into Celtic's three five two 5 2 system at all, mate. I, I like whatsoever. He just gets so badly exposed. And he's just slow as anything, mate. He just... Anytime he, he's got uh, got the ball... like Mate, see if I was a Celtic fan, it, it would make me feel... I would feel uneasy just like watching it because see his distribution. It's honking. It's terrible, you know. So, I've got another one for you, Chris. Barkas... Um, obviously it seems like he'd fill out a favour with Neil Lennon
1: depends if um, and they can take him on what I wanted the end of the season nobody's going to pay even a couple of million for him after we'll sign him for five and a half in the summer
0: yeah yeah I think he could potentially go out and loan um, but honestly mate he is a real big flop Uh He's one of the worst short stoppers I've seen in a long time, mate. Genuinely one of the worst. And that's the thing, though. That's where Celtic scouting needs to come under some scrutiny because you're spending £5 million, right, on a goalkeeper. And that's a lot of money, right, for Celtic to spend. You should be getting a really good goalkeeper and they've got the complete opposite, mate, you know. So, and plus as well, mate, like, there's no excuse about, oh, he, he could be feeling the pressure of the fans. There's no fans there, right? So, what do you think it'll be like once fans come back into the stadium, right? My God, man, if he's a nervous right re- right now in the sticks, imagine what it'd be like with 60,000 fans on his back. Yeah, um, it'd be, it?
1: even more nervous, right? It already
0: is. Uh, Patrick Kamala, what do you think? He seems to what.
1: Well, Recently, is that he's the second choice striker at the moment? So, yeah, the one that's been subbed on. Um, Still need to see a lot more from him. Um, Obviously, I feel like Lennon's been holding him back for a long time. So,
0: yeah, I remember he came on against St Johnston and he scored a goal. And he seemed like he was doing well, and he was really like trying hard, and he was like putting himself about. You know, so. I think he is determined to try and prove Neil Lennon wrong in getting the team, but I don't know, mate. I just think Lennon soured on him. And another one, Ryan Christie. It's been... Like, this has been going on for a while, where Ryan Christie's dad uh, speaking to the media, saying that Ryan Christie wants to go test himself in the Premier League. So do you think he could be off? Possibly,
1: possibly, if we want to replace him with David Turnbull, so... Again, and a hopper came in I bit
0: right of hand off. Yeah. And Edward, a player who's not looked himself this season at all.
1: Yeah, his valuation all fairly dropped. Um, definitely looks like he's been playing to get out of the Celtic squad. So, very possibly.
0: Yeah, I can see Edward potentially going uh, in January. And yes, I know what you're saying that his valuation might have dropped. But... He still is a top player. Do you think he's going to, do you think he's going through that phase where he's just kinda of like losing interest and he would be like, right, I'm gonna try and what my ticket and get out of here?
1: Yeah, I think he's relishing a new fresh challenge. I think he's peaked here, done what he could, and um he's not really going to improve his game much up here, so needs a first challenge so he can reach that next elite, elite level that he's capable of reaching.
0: Yeah. And what about Tom Rogic? He was meant to go away in the summer actually. Um but it seems like he's happy here. Um and I can probably see him staying, you know, but that deal fell through, do you know why that was?
1: Not too sure, but um I think um if we're going to lose losing more players and even if we don't lose Andy for the sake of that, um is looked good when he's came on recently so um, it's definitely
0: still an asset for his appeal yeah so big one this Sunday Chris against Hearts in the cup final how do you see that one going um, it's a, it's huge it is huge obviously there's no chance of getting a treble this season so obviously there's it's going to be huge if you get the quadruple treble um. So, are you confident you could get the, uh, the job done against Hearts? I,
1: I believe we'll take it two one. Um, I still believe that it's going to be a much harder game than it would have been had it been played in May. Um, if it hadn't been for everything that's went on. Um, Hearts obviously sitting atop the championship. Um, upset Hibs in the semi final. Um, we've got Craig Gordon in the wonder game to get them to the final. So, it'll be difficult to get a few past him but hopeful that we can still get the job done and I'd rather Lennon wasn't stubborn and went back the way putting Brown back in the team um, but even if he does i will like to think we'll still get the job done.
0: What system would you go with this Sunday? Because last, uh, well, no, well a couple days ago sorry, against Kelly, Celtic lined up with. Hold on, is it a four-two-three-one? He's lined up. Uh, lined up with.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Four-two-three-one. Right. So it would make sense for Celtic to go with that four-two-three-one because I think like Lennon's been chopping and changing that all season, right? But obviously, I, that he's played four-two-three-one against Comano. He, he's got the job done, so Lennon shouldn't change it. You know, what I think the 3-5-2s, it's ran its course with Celtic, to be honest.
1: Yeah, it worked for a bit of the time, but um, this season, I think, back to the four-two-three-one should be a formation.
0: Yeah, and, like, can you imagine the outrage if Celtic don't get
1: this done this Sunday? It might re- reach levels that we've not seen yet.
0: <sighs> Wait mate, what do you think Celtic fans are going to be like? when Rangers, I'm going to say it now, right? I'm say it now, when Rangers win, uh, the league this year, like, what's the reaction going to be like, mate? Barton down the hatches. Oh, God. <laughs> it will be, chaos, mate, it will be chaos. But, I do think Celtic will get the job done, uh, this Sunday. Hearts are a decent side, and, uh, they've got the right guy with Robbie Nielsen, there, you know, and I think they've got a pretty, uh, decent squad as well. Um. But I think Celtic will win it. And Arts a very a couple of games this season already. Do uh, you know what I actually thought? I thought, I, thought, I still think they will steamroll the championship, right? But I, I honestly, I didn't expect them to lose this early on, you know. Um, like losing to Dunfermline and getting uh, knocked out of the cup from Alawa. So they will come up. There's no doubt about that. But I'm going to say Celtic will go on and win this. I can see Celtic conceding. I'm going to go for Celtic 3-1. So, yeah, so we'll move on from that, mate, and we'll speak about Rangers. We gave ourselves a good half an hour. Um I was looking forward to this segment. And where do we start, mate? Let's just let's just start with James Tavernier. Let's talk about how amazing James Tavernier is, mate. the guy is unbelievable right now. He is in the form of his life. And I think it's safe to say, mate, he's a shoe in for player of the year. Yeah, um
1: earlier on the season it was um Brian Kent, that for me was getting all the attention, but um, he's playing a bit of a different role. I feel still contributing, but uh, yeah, James Tavon here can do everything.
0: Yeah, it's crazy, mate. It is absolutely crazy. Um, seventeen goals in thirteen assists. That is yeah. for a right back, mate. That is Man. frightening stats. Like, you know, he scored more goals than Ronaldo, Messi, Harry Kane. Lewandowski and Mbappe Like that is crazy Like score more goals than them this season so far I know it says PFL on that right But still For a right back to do that That is crazy
1: Un- unheld,
0: Oh I know And that goal against Dundee United Chris phew, that, is, that was staggering 35 yards out 35 yards out man And do you know what I loved about that goal? did you see Connolly? They've done the right to play in the wall, right? Um, see when Tav hit it, uh, Connolly just started walking and then he was like, right, that's going over the bar. Then he turns around, boom, it's in the back of the net. Yeah, go back and look at that
1: one and I
0: just watched. Ah, oh, you need to see it. It's hilarious, yeah. man. And the, the goalkeeper as well, way, he's a big guy. He had no chance. Like, you know, see if Lionel Messi or Ronaldo scored that. That would be getting shared everywhere. Yeah, um
1: definitely not getting any love
0: because they just just cause the a plays. It's it's crazy so it is. And look look at this stat as well, right? Do you know uh, across the seventeen league matches has played, right? He's made forty two tackles in twenty two interceptions. do not know that's
1: that stat. Um, I think everyone's getting distracted by the fact that it's a right back. Well those goals and assists and are from getting like the job at hand that he's got so um, still doing
0: it all yeah absolutely and that's something Tav has struggled with in the past like defensively he's came under a lot of criticism for it and like, it's been justified but he seemed to eradicate the the, the flaws that he had defensively out of his game and he's really good at tracking back he's really good in one-on-ones and we all know how good he is going forward like there's no one like him in the country quote, like in terms of going uh, forward down that right-hand side, you know. And yeah, he's he's a top, top defender, mate. And did you see what Stevie G said about him uh, last week? He was saying that uh, James Tavenier is up there with Kyle Walker and Glenn Johnson. And We all know how good Glenn Johnson was when he was playing, and Kyle Walker's one of the top right-backs in the world. So for Steven Gerrard to come out and say that, about James Tavernier, that is a big, big compliment. Yeah, definitely.
1: was getting mentioned, big like names, big like
0: company. So yeah. And uh, like, I, th- I like I found it quite funny last week after the Ross County game. Right, Luke Shanley was like, um, "Oh, so he asked him, so are you going for twenty uh, this year?" and he was like uh, yeah um, well that's uh, that, that's the and he was like well I think you'll probably do it right before uh, 2020's over which is true mate like he's I think he'll get 20 plus before 2020's over yeah the current rate's putting them in that yeah um, but, but saying he do it across the season that's kind of shows he's a bit
1: humble
0: yeah and yeah like I just I'm loving Tav right now and I'm so glad I'm meeting my words with him because I, last season as everyone knows I was very critical of having and I do stand by my criticisms of him at the time, but this year mate completely different animal of play a player man and that goes with Conor Golson as well. By the way, Connor Golson has been a rock for us at the back. He's not put a foot wrong at all, and it's like when you see when you look at this Rangers team right now, mate? Goals are coming in from everywhere. They're coming in from defense, midfield, uh, up front. Mate, who, McGregor's going to start scoring goals soon, no doubt. <laughs> yeah,
1: tribute to Big Chiller
0: Oh man, but yeah, it, like what have you made of Conor Golson so far this season, mate? Like, has he impressed you just as much as he's impressed me? Yeah,
1: because um, last season, obviously, before I joined the pod the college, um, you were quite pretty four of them, and um, have as well um, the Hamilton game, the 1-0 no game I iProps, you were very critical of them that night. I think
0: you gave him its thinking, let not mince in my words. Yeah, I did. Um, I remember I tweeted about it, right? And I actually tweeted out the quote uh, in the Rangers programme before the game, where he said something like, the Rangers players get a bit nervous sometimes, they feel a wee bit under pressure on that. And I was like, I don't want to hear this from a Rangers captain, you know. But we were going through a bad phase at that time. We are in a bad run of form. And Tavernier has turned out to be a really good Rangers captain. He leads by example. And yeah, it's so, so good to see that he's doing really, really well in that role. And yeah, I'm just over the moon with it, you know. But yeah, things are just like going along very smoothly right now. And the game against United was like going into it, it was a big game, tough task. And and the last time we went to Tanadise was when we were in League 2. And we got beat 3-0, and that was a dreadful day, mate. That was a really, really miserable day. That's when we had Ian Black in the team, Kyle Hutton, Kribari, <laughs> Aguirre, I don't want to think about that, mate, but it just shows you the difference in that Rangers team back in 2013 to the Rangers team now. Like That Rangers team was probably the worst, no, no, no probably, that was the worst Rangers team I've had ever seen, right? And then the next time we go to Tanaday, seven years later, we're flying top of the league in Europe. Stevie G's a manager, got a brilliant brilliant squad, best squad we've had, or if not better, than Walter Smith's in 2011. Yeah, um, I think it's like night and day to
1: the, the team Rangers
0: have now to the one that last played Dundee United. Yeah, exactly. You know, and... We just dominated that game against the United mate. We absolutely dominated it. And we were uh like we, it was this disappointing to concede a goal. That was our fourth league goal we've conceded this season. To be for- to be fair, it was a good strike. It was that has to be said, right? It was a good strike from Smith. Um defensively we probably could have done a wee bit better. Uh, but we resp- responded well uh, right before the half is finished. James Tavernier with a beautiful delivery into the box to Conor Golson heads at home, and yeah, as I was saying there, mate, like, goals are coming in from everywhere, um, so that's a very positive thing, and we're not relying on Morelos like we once did, mate, because we at one point we were a one-man team, and now we don't need to re- re- like rely on him as much anymore, but I just want to touch on uh, Morelos, he's come under a wee bit of criticism, as of late, I know... He's not firing in all cylinders. His work off the ball is good. His link-up play's still there. Um, and see, when we're playing against teams, they they stay on him like a hawk. They don't leave him at all. They're they they all they're always man-marking him. So that allows the Rangers players to get into space and it creates more opportunities for us, especially for the wide players, you know. But he's just not got his shooting bits on there now, Chris. No, he
1: do not few chances on Sunday the chance that went by the header went over um, that chance where he took the touch and uh, the Dundee United keeper came out and took it um, it was subbed off soon after so it's not like he's not getting his chances it's just that um, he's just not taking them I feel
0: yeah he's just lacking a bit of confidence right now so I think it would probably be best for him just to sit out the team for a bit um, and see Cedric Eaton Oh mate, uh he had a blinder against like Poznan, an absolute blinder, mate. And what a finish it was from him as well. Like, in that like Poznan game, mate. Right, we made seven changes, like seven changes we made in that game, right, and before we even we couldn't have done that in a European game. Make seven changes, then go on and win it. But that just shows you the the depth and quality we have in the team. Yeah, and
1: they no you mentioned beaten in that game um, haven't seen as much Rangers as I possibly could have
0: this season um, but from the highlights I've seen that's probably the best I've seen Hadji play this season yeah and you uh, got a goal <laughs> so he did at that time though everyone thought Conor Golson scored it right And like when we're talking about that goal right it was a beautiful free kick in from Barisic right Conor Golson brilliant header and it hit the bar <laughs> then it dropped down and then we're all thinking oh that's over the line but it wasn't, then Hadji was there. Right place, right time to head at home. You'll never see an easier goal than that, mate, that's for sure. And good awareness from Hadji, knowing that, well, maybe I think it was all of it, just wanted to make sure. Yeah, exactly. That's You can never be too sure, mate, you know. And hopefully that can give Hadji a big confidence boost going forward. Because we all know how good Hadji is on his day, man. But right now, it's quite hard for him to get in the team. Because we've got Ruth uh right now who's he, he's an odd R- player on form. Uh, I'm loving R uh, Ruth, he's what a signing he's been. Um but Cedric Eaton though, just going back to him, yeah, he had a really good game against Pozna and see he's hold up play, He's passing. it's brilliant mate, it is absolutely superb. Like he's he's got a big future ahead of him and he, he's a young boy, he's still got a lot to learn. You know, but going forward, I think Morella should be dropped, and Eaton should be in the team uh, going forward. Yeah, interesting
1: take,
0: but hard not to disagree with. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, I want a special mention for Nathan Patterson, who had a a really good show, and I thought against uh, like Poznan, and yeah, he got six to five minutes, mate, and that'll do him uh, wonders going forward. That'll be great experience for him.
1: Yeah, in a European game where
0: well, there was something to play for, um first place in the group. Yeah, absolutely, mate, and yeah, you know, I was over the when we finished top uh of that group. That is some achievement. Finishing top, the uh, fourteen points, yeah, it's fantastic. So it's like and it just shows you how far this Rangers team has come, you know. It's like it came a long way and Gerard deserves a lot a lot of praise for that. Like it just shows you like the only criticism we could or the only slight negative we can take out of that group is the fact that we probably should have beat Benfica home and away, <laughs> and you know Benfica's a team that spent eighty million pounds in the summer, and <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I think like
1: the total value of the team is two hundred million, and they're still even still regarded as a top side in Europe. So yeah, maybe he could have put maximum points in the group, but it's still a being champion
0: to be very proud of oh absolutely you know and I just I want to mention Zungu he looks like a player like see on the ball he's just he's passing he's so smooth he's good going forward his awareness is really good and like that. maybe we signed him on deadline day and I was delighted with that you know and he's a he's a player that will do really really good things for us and I'm really excited and optimistic about what he can achieve with us.
1: Yeah. Um. Again, I haven't seen enough of Zunga myself. I just go off what you've told me and highlights I've seen. But uh, yeah, um, had to wait, wait his chance. But um, it's definitely took his chance when since he's been given it.
0: Oh yeah, a hundred and ten percent, man. Like, he's he's done well any time he's uh, stepped onto the pitch. And uh, they're, like. It's just like it's really exciting times, you know. uh at Ibrox, so as, uh, and I and I and I'll mention as well, Scotty Arfield, man, like, just to think, last season, right, he was a fringe player, and when we came back in the summer. He was. He's worked tremendously hard, and he's he's a great role model for any young player, growing up in a game. That so like he just worked so so hard to get back into the team. His work ethic is tremendous. He he never stops running, mate. He's a brilliant box to box midfielder. He's pressing. He's tremendous. He just doesn't stop. He he's. I can imagine if I was playing against him, mate, he would annoy the life out of me, man. It's like as soon as a like a midfielder gets the ball or if any player gets the ball, he's on you, mate. Like he does not stop at all. Yeah, and it was unlucky enough to
1: add to his goal tally the couple of chances against
0: Dundee United on Sunday. Yeah, exactly, mate. Hit the crossbar. He uh, hit the crossbar, you know, and I think we're getting to that stage now where we're not, like, people are just going to stop calling Scotty Arfield under eight and just realise that he's one of our key players. Like, he, uh, for me, when he's fit, he's, my fir- he's the first name in the team sheet, uh, without a doubt, he's the first name in the team sheet because he does so much dirty work in the midfield, that is tremendous, so it is, and, uh, like, we see when Ryan Jack comes back, mate, and you know how much I love Ryan Jack. Scotty Arfield's keeping him out of the team. <laughs> That's what I'm saying to the room, mate. Like, Scotty Arfield and even Glenn Kamara, mate, they're keeping my boy Ryan Jack out of the team. And Glenn Kamara, another player who's been a joy to watch this season. Like, he just makes everything look so easy. Like, he's, like, technically he's so smooth in the ball. I love, the, like, that turn that he does. He's, like, he's so skillful as well. Yeah, Glenn Kamara, it's still... It's still crazy to think that we got him for 50k.
1: Yeah, um in Century.
0: Oh, 110%, mate. But my, see, my midfield rate of three going forward, right, if they're all fit for big games, it has to be Scotty Arfield, Stevie Davis, and Glenn Camara. Sounds about right. Um, Stevie Davis, um, not a glove tonight on the pod, but
1: um, you've given went a lot in recent weeks,
0: and it's hard not to see, not hard to see why. Oh yeah, Stevie Davis is, he's just absolutely brilliant, mate. And I remember when he came back to us a couple of seasons ago, right? He had a slow start, and Rangers fans, like some of them, were criticizing him. So oh, now he's finished, he's finished. I'm like, you listen, right? Just give him time to get uh, fit. you like, because before he came to us, he wasn't playing at Southampton much, you know. So I was like, give him time to get fit, give him time to get settled in. And he's been flying ever since, mate. <laughs> he's been flying ever since. And it, it, like, it's crazy to think he's 35, right? And you look at Scott Brown, who is the same age. Davis is killing it at 35. Brown is past it at 35. Yeah. You are try to put the words out
1: of my mouth there. you got 35, and like, oh, Scott
0: Brown's 35. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's... It's, uh, it's not a good look, obviously, for Scott Brown. You know that someone like Stephen Davis who's 35 is just absolutely smashing it, week in, week out, at a top, top level as well. He's like, Davis has been doing brilliant in the Europa League this season, like absolutely brilliant. Like he's just, every, he just everything he does, like like Glenn, uh, Glenn Kamara, makes everything look so, so easy. Like his vision is tremendous. Like I th- I would say, he, like see Stephen Davis's vision has always been great, but I would even, even go as far to say his vision is like, near enough on par with Steven Gerrard's.
1: Oh, oh
0: yeah like that's how good Stevie Davis's like vision is obviously Davis is nowhere near the player of Gerrard but when it comes to vision I think Davis is like right like close, like, close to Stevie, uh, Steven Gerrard that's for sure you know and if, if see if uh, Gerrard was asked that I think Gerrard would be like yeah I think I agree with that <laughs> yeah Gerrard is good at that
1: very
0: open honest. yeah but like there's things with this Rangers team as well that we've improved so much in where like obviously possession wise we just dominate games like in the possession side of things like in a, by a comfortable margin you know like and like ever since Gerrard's came to Rangers that's been his style like the possession game and when we lose the ball we like to press play, uh, press uh, teams right and, like, the, the last season, uh, in the second half of the season, that's something we were struggling with, like, the pressing side of things, and our possession game wasn't as tidy, you know, but this season, mate, like, it's just, it's absolutely spot on, like, like the movement's brilliant, the pressing, possession, it, like, especially in the final four, mate, we're just creating chance after chance after chance, and our game management is really good. Yes, I know Benfica, we... Like a two goals lead slip, right? That was obviously a wee bit frustrating. But <laughs> Benfica are top top side, you know. But our game management in the league, and every, and in the, every other game has been absolutely spot on. As and yes. as especially against Dundee United as well, where Dundee United were trying and trying, they did work their socks off, worked their socks off against us to try and get a point, but they just couldn't get anywhere near us. Made second half they created like no real chances at all.
1: And that's how um, you find yourselves in the position you're in. Um, Just playing like this and winning consistently.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: But I would say, like,
0: going back to Tav, right, like, the only player, well, the only fullback in the country that I think even comes close to him is Barisic. Like, can you think of anybody else? Like, being honest...
1: Um, like some of the Celtic players are like going forward but I don't think they're like complete fullbacks they're not good at defending so
0: yeah, yeah. like for, see Frimpong I do think he's a, a pretty good player right but uh, see when I was on Celtic fans uh, like deluded Celtic fans trying to say Fing Pong is better than Tav. It's just like that's where you need to question someone's football knowledge. It's like two things: they're either clueless or they're just doing it as a a bam up. Aye, uh, well,
1: complete bias.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, man. You know. But see, um, going on to the Europa League draw, you know, mate. Um. So that was a big. That was a good draw for us. So it was. We got Antwerp. Uh, Belgian side they finished second in their group obviously and um, and they're sitting 7th in the Belgium league that's a good draw mate for us I'm absolutely delighted with that because <laughs> even uh, even if we finished 2nd do you know who we, we would have got in the last thirty two? we would have got Arsenal so we all know who, how bad Arsenal are so it would have been a win-win for us either way if we finished 2nd or 1st but it was brilliant to finish 1st and we've got a really favourable draw to qualify for the last 16 but Obviously, we shouldn't underestimate any team we play uh, in Europe, you know.
1: Yeah, I think um, once you get into this step of the comp- stage of the competition, um, I don't think any opponent should be taken for granted. But at the same time, the way Rangers are been playing, um, I think they'll easily see off well.
0: No, I, I agree, mate. I agree, you know. And as I was saying earlier on the pod, this Rangers team has no complacency with it at all, you know. And yes, they did have that last season, but Rangers don't go into a game against anyone thinking, "All right, this will be a shoo-in." Yes, that that's expected, but they don't go in there half-assing it, you know. And but like, right, see from start to finish, Rangers keep going and going, trying to get more goals, still trying to bomb forward, you know. And we've seen that against Benfica when we played them away from home. Um, we were winning 3-2 at that point, but we weren't trying to park the bus. In my, like Obviously, in my opinion, we should have part of started part of the bus and probably took Holander off. But it's just the mentality and the style of this Rangers team where they want to just keep going and keep going. Because I, like, I remember when we were, like last season, the game was won by like two... But by half time and at that point it was like 2-3 now then the second half we will be a bit sluggish and Gerrard would come out the press saying no I don't like that like we can't just switch off in the second half and think okay the game's done at 3-0 I want us to keep going and keep going and he's really installed that into the Rangers teammate. mate yeah one has yeah he's like completely like changed the mentality of it you know and I've said on the pod before Michael Beale deserves a lot of credit man like Kyle Lafferty came out and said that he's like the unsung hero uh, in the the background you know because he's a tremendous coach and I've always said if Gerard was to do well at Rangers it's it was like so important for him to surround himself with the right people the right backroom team and he's done that with McAllister and Michael Beale. yeah I don't think the backroom staff have been getting the credit
1: they deserve but um yeah,
0: Fed's shirt. And I just want to touch on uh, this, right? Because I was meant to bring up earlier on, but we got sidetracked on about how brilliant Rangers are. <laughs> but obviously we need to bring it up. Alfredo Morelos, uh, he should have been sent off against Dundee United on Sunday. It was a clear elbow, so it was on a United player and he was he only got a yellow card for it. Um, so he was a very lucky boy in that sense. And he's been charged for what happened by the SFA. But there's no consistency with this, mate. Like, when we're talking about it in Scott score, Scott Brown literally stamped on Michael Halloran, right? And injured him. Left marks it, like, in his leg, right? Brown didn't get punished for it at all. Even though there's clear evidence of it, you know? And Brown's got away with a lot of that kind of stuff. But yet, when Morelos does it, he gets charged right away. And also... Look at look at this as well. Edward um Edwards, right? Uh, the Dundee player. Uh, when we played Dundee here at Ibrox, when we beat them 4 0, the challenge Edwards done done it done on Morellus was shocking. It was horrific. That also left stud marks uh in Morelis's leg. And it was it was a brutal challenge, right? Only got a yellow for it. So right, Morellus got booked for that elbow, right? And he's getting charged. But Edwards didn't get charged for that challenge on Morelos. Like it's a it's a joke, isn't it?
1: Yeah, um Rangers, um, well, he's now got the two game ban as Rangers have accepted the violent conduct charge and aren't going to confess that. I think that's the right thing to do, not drag out the process. Um obviously the referee in the game didn't see the elbow or to face, whatever you want to call it, but um Yeah, I think the standard of refereeing and the consistency of decisions across the board is very poor and something needs to be done about it. Um,
0: Yeah, no, 100%. It's just, it's embarrassing. So is it like, this is why people laugh at Scottish football, man. Like there's no consistency with these decisions, you know. Like, yes, Morello should have been sent off, right? Yeah, I cannot. like, it's right that he was charged. I get that. Right, but at the same time, though, why was Edwards no charge? Why was Brown no charge? Right, Edwards was given a yellow card for that challenge, didn't get charged. Morelos was given a yellow card, but gets charged with this one. It makes zero sense at all, you know. It's a joke. And um, I remember what Gerald said after that Dun United game where we beat them 4 now. He was asked about um, that challenge, and Gerald was bang on the money, right, where he came out and said, um, right, if if that was Alfredo Morelos, I'd like to see the outcome of that. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's obscene, so it is. So, um, before we wrap up, Chris, um, we'll briefly go through a bit of the news uh, and the the gossip that's been going on in Scottish football, Chris, so uh, I'll let you fire away, my man. Yeah, well,
1: I'd lost this week, Gerard Hulley, ex pool manager, formerly managed um, Stephen Gerrard. Um, Obviously, the big influence on Stephen Gerrard as a player, as a person, and ultimately as a manager. So, Stephen Gerrard's going through some difficult times coming to terms with that.
0: Yeah, I see what Gerrard said. Uh, about it, yeah, like that's a that's a real shame what happened. He was a really good uh, manager as well, and he was a big influence on Gerard and McAllister. That's what Gerard was saying in his uh, press conference uh, today. Yeah, and that will hit him hard. And it was a shame what he was saying. Like uh, yesterday, he went into the training ground. He was all buzzing due to Rangers' brilliant form. And then he gets a text with uh, that news, and uh, yeah, he was absolutely devastated to hear that. You know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so condolences to all affected. Um, moving on,
0: next headline: Aberdeen chairman Dave Cormack. He believes that there'll be a cross-border or a European league within a decade. Yeah, that's been going on for years, man. Like that has been going on for years. Uh, you know, to be honest, I wouldn't want to see that. Uh, I, I wouldn't. Um, I'm, the way things are right now, I'm fine with it, and I'm happy with Rangers, and Celtic, in Scottish football. The only... And I like the fact that we've got the Champions League and Europa League. I wouldn't want to see a European League. That would just take the excitement out of the Champions League and the Europa League, if that was the case. But or would they just get rid of the Champions League and Europa League altogether if, if they're going to have a European League? It would be about
1: a money
0: move if something like that if it came about I'm against it as well. Yeah. No, exactly. I, like, I, I wouldn't understand that at all, you know. um, But yeah, that would it would be a weird one but I wouldn't really want to see that
1: yeah um, as a response um, there was discussions at the time I think it was Scottish League Celtic Ajax and Copenhagen I think it was like it was talks to them if it ever happened there was going to be some kind of a breakaway, like smaller nations like us the Netherlands and Denmark but um, I think Celtic it was pulled out of that
0: if it
1: was ever going to come up so wouldn't see it happening yeah 100% man yeah one final
0: wee bit of news um, Scottish Government insists that no more than 300 fans can make games in areas where fans can attend games at the moment yeah so the only area that fans can attend is uh, up in Digmal like it's like it's like Inverness and Ross County they're the only clubs that can have fans there yeah because I think they're
1: in Tier 2. Um, tier 1, I think. Um, someone from the Scottish Government was asked about, I think, he's the Minister for Sport. Um, he said, and I quote, it changes when we get the prevalence down to a level where we feel it is safe to do so. It's not just the fans in the stadium. There's a challenge to getting fans to, to the stadium. Like, see, this is... like. I don't
0: want to make this political, right? But the Scottish government are not helping any clubs here whatsoever, like, look down south, the Tory government have done it right uh, by getting behind the, the Premier League and allowing fans to go back to the stadium, right, and you see you see, since they've been back, it's been a breath of fresh air, mate, right, you know, and, it's like, it's only recently the Scottish government have came up with a financial package to help some of the lower League clubs, right, but you, like months prior it just felt like the the request fell in deaf ears right and it was it's almost like the Scottish government were dry, dragged scr- uh, screaming and kicking to give this financial package you know yeah um, last week it
1: was announced a £55 million support package
0: yeah but see long term though like I think it can be an, I think it no, I don't think it can be I think it will be An issue for some of these clubs trying to pay us back. Because how how are they going to want it paid back? Are they going to want large sums up front? Or will they just want small uh, portions uh, like every so month or whatever, how they want to do it, you know? Because it seems like uh, the SNP and Nicola Sturgeon don't have a real uh, regard for football. Uh, And you you can see uh, when Nicola Sturgeon... Like gets asked about it, or like when the COVID thing happened with the players, like she obviously lambasted them. But other sports, like I think um, a rugby team broke the rules, and she didn't mention anything about it. You know, so it's like quite a snobbery. It's uh, uh, stands from the Scottish government, and when uh, when it comes to football. Yeah, it
1: always has been something against
0: football, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely, mate. But good show tonight, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and tomorrow,
1: uh,
0: it's League Cup action, uh, St Mirren versus Rangers, so that'll be a tasty one, but I'm going to go for a 3-0 victory, and it'll be funny to see Graham cry, because it seems like the boys have got his, uh, his hopes all up right now, <laughs> but pleasure as always, uh, Chris, so until next time guys, take care, and we'll see you soon.